Hi, welcome to the podcast with MHP, Crazy to Change the World. Today we have a great psychologist who did her MSc and MPhil in psychology. She's heading Aruvadai Psychological Support Service as a senior psychologist in Chennai. She's also a student counselor at Anjuman E Himayat Residential School in Chennai. She used to be a trainer at Psychoshiksha in Delhi. She was also a consultant psychologist at Oxymed Hospitals Private Limited in Chennai. She was a former assistant professor at St Thomas College of Arts and Science in Chennai. So let's welcome Dr. Mridula for a podcast on Indian psychology. Hi Dr. Mridula, how are you? I'm good, thank you so much. How have you been? I've been amazing. uh welcome to the podcast today we're going to do a podcast on indian psychology so uh how do you think is indian psychology similar to other schools of psychology uh first of all thank you so much for uh, thinking about indian psychology at the right moment i would say because uh, uh i have taught indian psychology in my college years i mean when i was teaching in a college i used to teach indian psychology and i used to find it how difficult it is for students to grasp the concept because you know we are very much away especially the current generation is very much away from the mythological stories that were there already so they are not able to link the connection between psychology and the mythology that was existing prior okay and if you look at uh, some of the famous instagram influencers and uh, some of the famous authors abroad they have learned so many psychological benefits from the gita okay and they take so many learnings from our cultural um i would say cultural stories cultural and mythological stories and they were able to make sense or make the understanding from the indian psychology concepts okay and uh, i wouldn't say indian psychology is much similar to what we see with the western ones because the western ones comes with a lot of structure and a lot of documentation that is something we missed we missed big time or i understand it probably those were damaged during the times of war and uh, you know the times of uh, uh casement of the entire country and things like that so we do not have evidence based or uh, you know sort of a uh, proof kind of a thing that west world is offering to us uh, right now but that's the major uh, difference i see with the way concepts or schools of psychology is being understood apart from that when you look at the content indian context is more uh, familial oriented more connected to the uh, supreme high wherein that's not the case with the western culture with the western culture we see a symptomatic treatment happening even for mental health okay it's like how you treat fever so you see oh okay red this suffice you have a temperature come on you do this also you haven't been sleeping for 6 months straight now oh come on let me give you a diagnosis so that's the diagnostic way that we can understand from um, western cultures which is not something that was practiced here in indian culture it was more through the relationships more through the interpersonal relationships and we were very much in touch with our emotional experiences i would say so if you look at uh, famous um, or let's say the pillar stones of uh, therapies which is cbt the original make of cbt did not include a lot to do with emotional aspects of it only later rebt came in and only later cebt came in so we can understand how this was one such thing which was 
in the livelihood of people uh, when we look at indian psychology so these are some of the cornerstone differences that we can see since you mentioned the bhagavad gita uh, i was actually wondering because i have been starting to read it and uh, how can one study somebody's body language using the uh, content in bhagavad gita mm-hmm. okay so looking at body language as a tool see bhagavad gita talks a lot about body and uh, you know how to take care of it how we have a resemblance to temple and how uh, it's your life is your, your soul is nothing but it visits this temple to do a purpose and things like that okay uh, we don't really uh, ex- we, we can't really extrovert the aspects of body language as such okay as an understanding so like i said our therapies or our understanding of psychology is very much involved with uh, your emotional experiences so emotional experiences becomes the primary fact over here because of which there is a behavior and body language is something that is a result of an emotional experience so we tap to the emotions when we are using indian psychology concepts okay all right all right so as a student i actually noticed that uh, among the seven uh, schools of psychology indian psychology is one of them and i noticed some of the elements are actually combined in the indian psychology so i noticed that uh, from freud's unconsciousness we can see it in the buddhism and a lot mm-hmm. of like that could you comment on that uh yes i would say see both the both the worlds i would say the west world and the east world was trying to understand the components of mind okay uh what is brain what is mind how these two things are separate from body what is the source of life then what is life they were trying to figure out all of these constructs with their basis so there is there can be uh, you you will be finding out some of the combinations between both west world uh, seeking and the east world seeking because they were trying to conceptualize these elements of your mind what is mind what is heart what is brain what does thinking do see if you look at thinking from a biological perspective you know what areas of brain is being uh, stimulated and things like that but beyond which there is something called as thinking that is also happening that is something we address here in indian psychology with the concept of chakras okay so there is a third eye chakra it is being very intuitive it is being very proactive so both the worlds were trying to understand the human existence in both the realms i would say behavioral and uh, more mental okay yes yes understood so uh, are there any prominent things from indian psychology being uh, used worldwide from what i've uh, heard till now is yoga mhm ah yes yoga is definitely one such thing that uh, belongs to the east world apart from that i'd also like to comment on the mindfulness okay mm-hmm. mindfulness and art therapy okay so these mm-hmm. are things that were there like i said in the livelihood of people we weren't doing it as therapy therapy but they have been therapeutic so what did the west world do the west world had come in they were going around the world they saw they picked up these things they formulated structured and documented better so they were able to create evidence based learning on these things so they can uh, they are holding up a hand on mindfulness trainings art therapy so there is the very first art therapy association is formed only in america and not in india but go back 
several thousand years read a book or read any mythological stories you will have the concept of art in their life it's either through the form of expression or through the form of uh, you know any other arts uh, art forms i would say be it literary and things like that so these are other things that was there in our indian tradition too uh, that was very closely associated with the psychology of the person so could you enlighten us with some lesser known facts about indian psychology or the eastern uh, look towards psychology that could be actually useful to a lot of people absolutely so the whole world of psychology goes um, very intrigued or inquisitive about dream analysis and we all get into freud's book whether or not we understand dream interpretation we want to read it we want to give it a try and we will be half the halfway there with the book forget it blah 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 happens so carl jung on the other hand gave us a greater understanding about dream analysis i would say which again holds the eastern perspective wherein he talks about how your dreams are very much connected to your bodily experiences as well okay so there were other philosophers who came up uh, and draw some association between your dreams and the ayurvedic understanding of your body let's say let's just say we have fluids in our body and these fluids are supposed to be in balanced uh, the, the the fluids are supposed to be balanced and when you face an imbalance in these fluids you get dreams it could be nightmares it could be falling of a tooth it could be different kinds of dreams okay what westwall talked about is okay you had a fear in the past it connects to your childhood and says oh this is the answer to it but wherein when it comes to the eastern perspective linking it with the ayurvedic terms you look at the imbalances in these fluids you bring it back to the optimum balance your dreams starts to change you you have you start to have more pleasant dreams and sound sleep this is something people don't know whenever we think about dream analysis we try to scrutinize the dream and what message we need to bring it the very sole purpose of eastern perspective on dream analysis is that your dreams are your friends so every day you before you go to bed just affirm that okay i'm going to have better dreams my back, my dreams are going to be some messengers they are going to guide me they are going to give me that space of ventilation you make friendship with your dreams such that you don't experience anxiety later because you have dreams okay this is one thing that we don't i think with dream analysis uh even so many people uh, don't understand the fact that to analyze your client's dream is actually a long process it cannot just uh, one snake cannot mean the same for everybody you have to know your client and then psychodynamic therapy so i think it's a very long process absolutely yes see our psychodynamic theory has its own strength and weakness right now in this fast paced world we don't have much time to sit and talk about all of these we are not into that kind of processing because we are having an entire life happening on the other side so people see we, especially in countries like india we don't have greater understanding of mental health in the first place to spend more time more money to get to know yourself it's con- considered to be waste of time okay i'd rather be okay with my defense mechanisms the defense mechanisms is helpful more than the therapy is what people think so that that's quite sad so that is where probably psychodynamic approaches are not well uh, not very welcomed with our population i would say because we want instant remedies no i take two tablets i want to be better because i want to go back to work i want to go earn 
I can't do this work in loss of pay situation. It, it, mm-hmm. it is to do a lot with the social structure as well, I would say. So uh, I have my last question for you. Uh, as an upcoming psychologist, I wanted to ask an experienced psychologist that how can actually we begin to bring that change for the acceptance of mental health within people? Hmm. Uh, you beautifully asked the question. There is answer in your question. Once we start understanding it is health and not illness, there itself we can bring in that acceptance for people. So you go to a doctor, you go to a physical doctor because you want to heal, because you can't uh, deal sick with your body. That's the same thing with your mind too. But uh, a lot of movies and uh, scary stories and mental health, uh, mental asylum stories are so deeply rooted for our population. That the fear is deeply rooted that, oh my God, you will be chained and cuffed to a bed and you'll be given injections and things like that is what comes to their mind every time when you talk about mental illness or something to do with the word mental. Okay, that's done there. So that fear is to be uh, cut down, that stigma is to be deeply uh, uh, derooted, uprooted, I would say. So once you do that, mental health becomes more helpful for us. Mental health, having an approach towards mental health, you're going to heal and that is important. There's something called as mind in your body that is active even when you are asleep. It, it is there to pro- prevent you. It is there to, you know, support you. You need to take care of your mind as equal as your body. So these things will actually bring about bigger changes. I would say for the youngsters, the upcoming youngsters, please advocate on the lines of mental health. What is the health benefits of going to a therapist? What is the health benefits of getting an assessment done, knowing yourself? Okay, rather than, okay, being diagnostic about it. Oh, do I have depression? Let's not be diagnostic or disorder-oriented mindset. That's what fears people most. That's that's actually really enlightening. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Mridhula, for today. Thank you so much, Akriti, for the opportunity. Uh, keep doing great things like this. Thank you.